All right, welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. Today is October the 22nd, 2015, and my name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. And, of course, it wouldn't be a show without telling you that uh, it's brought to you in part by Tweet and Fiber Company, makers of Master Chalk, Elk Master Tips, and a whole host of other accessories for your game. Made right here in the United States, don't you know? So uh, what's going on in pool this week? Uh, we got to send out some congratulations to uh, Mike DeShane. Uh, he snapped one off at the Gotham City uh, Nine Ball Classic. It's a good job there, Mike. Um, that's going to go a long ways towards getting him on the uh, Moscone Cup team, huh? And, uh, of course, the American 14-1 Championship also kicked off today uh, in Midlothian. If you're a 14-1 fan, you definitely need to check into that. There is a absolutely star-studded field that's going to be playing there today uh you would not want you will not want to miss that and of course unless you live in a cave you know that the u.s open is literally right around the corner coming up at the end of the week here so everybody is converging on uh, chesapeake and uh it should be a great time for all and we're going to be checking in with the guys over there and hopefully we can give you some updates uh you know coming up this uh, this coming week on how that's going. So today uh, we're going to be talking to um, Sam Deep from uh, the Build Your Education Foundation. She wants to talk to you uh, and a couple of the juniors about uh, their trip to China that's coming up for the World Nine Balls. And so stick around for that. Um, Mr. Mark Cantrell is going to be speaking with Andy Siegel, the uh, trick shot artist uh, champion, world champion trick shot artist. They've got some issues amongst the artistic pool players, and so Mark's going to talk to him a little about that, get a little deeper into it. For me, myself, um, we are going to spend a couple minutes to introduce to you a new uh, multimedia creative force in the pool world known as On The Wire Media. And uh, to speak with them, we have Ra, Hannah, and Bo Runnigan on the phone right now. How you guys doing today? Hey guys, what's up, Dave? Doing good. How about yourself? Great, man. Excellent. Thank you for having us. Hey, no problem. Not a problem at all. Before we get started, um, let me just say that uh, I was reading over your press your press release, and uh, it described a little bit about the company, but I don't feel like I know enough, and I know that the listeners don't know enough yet, so... Could you, one of you guys, give us kind of the rundown as far as uh, why you're here and what it is that you guys are, are going to focus on? Okay, Dave. Uh, I know why you're here. I know why Create Media is an L.A.-based promotions company, and we specialize in various promotions. Okay. And some of the services we offer are promotional video creation, event promotion, logo design, artwork, consulting, We'll create your flyers, T-shirt designs, and printing. In other words, anything you need for advertising or marketing for pool, we are your guys. Nice, nice. So if I was, let's say, you know, uh, a tournament promoter, and, uh, you know, I wanted to put together um, a package of advertising posters and some T-shirts for the event and maybe a promotional video, that's something you guys can handle all that. That's exactly what we do. You're walking in our shoes right now. 
That's what we do. We feel like the meat and potatoes is getting the message out to the masses. And we just feel like, you know, people are doing a, a okay job, but we want to raise that bar. We want to raise that bar to the highest level to make sure that it's a complete message. Because a lot of people, they, they don't, there's no branding. There's no identification with your product and no identification right. with your audience, target right. audience. Sure, sure, sure. Well, yeah, and you, I, I mean... I'm going to throw some common sense out there, and you would think that uh, you know professional pool players need to focus on playing pool, and right. pool event promoters they need to focus on the logistics of the event itself. So uh, neither one of those parties are supposed to be marketing experts, you know, not supposed to be. And that's what we found. Same thing with us. As we came together, it takes a it takes a group. It takes the you know, not just the three of us, but uh, but a whole uh, you know everyone from our from our photography to our you know to our talents. We have a comedian Jessica Keenan we work with to videographer Dario Rezik, um, down to our colorist you know Peter Schwartz. So it's like it takes the whole squad, and there's no way that an individual uh, is going to take something like that on to try to push his you know his pool career forward or his business or whatever sure. it is. Right, right, right. Now, I mean, now this is going to, I'm going to word this carefully because I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. Uh, I'm not trying to take a shot at at any uh, uh, entities or promoters out there, but do you feel like there's a need for this? I mean, like, this it's a question I already know the answer to. I just want to know where and how you came up with this as far as, wow, there's something needs to be done here. Who can do it? Why, why is it you that decided to do this? Well, myself, Rahan, I have over 25 years in marketing with blue chip companies. Best Buy, Radio Shack, Upper Deck, uh, Circuit City, you name it. And the one thing that I saw, I, had, I did autograph tours like with Carmelo Anthony, you know, with Kobe. And the thing that I saw was from the bottom to the top, they had their branding consistent and the messaging was consistent yeah and they knew who their target audience was they had a definite mission they knew the products and they had a very detailed marketing plan these guys who promote pool right now the marketing plan is hey facebook i have a tournament i'm going to add this much money this is where it's going to be come on down right exactly exactly that's not it. no no you're right though and unfortunately the players are the same way uh, you know their their public relations are limited to their Facebook rants, um, and the promoters. I mean, these are some smart guys putting together some really big events that that involve a lot of people doing a lot of stuff at the same time. Why do they drop the ball when it comes to the promotional end of it, though? I mean, you know, why is that so easy for people to overlook? Because if you don't take them to task and you don't understand, it's like. We can't blame you if you don't know. Right. But if, if you look at Red Bull or you look at any of those big marketing giants, they are making strides. Look at Under Armour. Signed Jordan Spieth when he was nothing, when they were nothing, and now they're on top of the world. Right. But he has an image. You know he has an image, he has a team behind him because he's there to play golf. The analogy you said was perfect. Pool players should play pool. Yeah. No, it's true. They shouldn't have to worry about marketing. <coughs> Excuse me, but they, uh, you know, and here's the problem. It, it's not just the promoters or the players uh, missing the boat. It's the 
ultimately the people that they're trying to um, attract, the viewership and the fans, are the ones that are getting the short end of the stick. I mean, certainly they the, these promoters and players, they want the publicity, they want their image, but it's just not getting out there. There was a tournament that I found out about today that is going on today. And I thought, you know, I wouldn't have even known about it unless somebody specifically called me and told me. They're they're dropping the ball as far as getting the word out there is concerned. Number one. Number two, the guys that do the streaming, um, is don't get me wrong, that's a valuable thing that they're doing because otherwise we wouldn't get to see so many people play. But the matches themselves are not promoted in a way that we get to know anything more about the player. We don't know anything more about the venue. Um, it, more often than not, it's we're watching a video of strangers playing pool in a room for money, and we don't know anything about them. So, you know, I don't know who is at fault, or, or I should say I don't know who to take it back to as far as in the beginning who was the first one to make the mistake, but it's continued all these years without uh, the structure of a national football league behind us. It's kind of every man for himself, you know, and that's a sad state of affairs. And the thing, the thing you hit it right on the head is like when you watch sports on TV and you're rooting for your team and you have your favorite player is because you connect with that player. You know something about him. He's from your hometown. Right. He likes the same school you eat. He trains at your gym. Whatever it is, the same music you like. And with pool players, we might know what kind of cue they use. We might know how much money they won last week, but we don't know where they're from, <laughs> right. how they got there. Right. They like or dislike. You don't know any of that thing. So right. there's a disconnect there between the public and, and that sports figure. Right. But trying to get up by just posting on Facebook or posting when you win money matches is not it. And Dave, right. I'm sure you would probably agree with me, but if it's, we can name the top uh, maybe five branded pool players who have some sort of image in pool. And uh, I would say Thorson Holman, Ronnie Morris, Mika the Iceman, Shane, you know, Ephraim the Magician, and the list goes on. But but still, that's not enough. I want to know. I want to know how many hours you train. I want to know, you know, why you use this cue. I want to know what goes on in your head so I can connect with you. Right. Exactly. 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 It's boring to watch on TV, you know? And if we want to root for somebody, we need something to root for. Exactly. Exactly. And this, on on the player's side... This is where the players could do more uh, for promoting themselves and in their image. They could build their fan base and their fan loyalty on the promotion side of it. If you were streaming an event and you did a a promotional video that had some uh, context to it, let's just, you know, pick two players. I don't know, a Shane and a a Mike DeShane or something. But if you did a a promotional video in advance of the two guys discussing the match, a little wolfing back and forth at each other, and then a background, then some backstory, where all of a sudden I find out that, uh, you know, Mike is partial to dogs, and he drives a Volkswagen, and he loves spaghetti, and those are my three things. All of a sudden, I've got this connection. It's like, oh, wow, he's like, he's like my damn best friend all of a sudden, you know? Exactly right. The promoters are selling themselves short by not giving us that backstory 
and the emotional connection and amping up that competition where now we care about who wins or not. And the Absolutely. It's the same. So, so just with the, the players as well, when you have a, a solo player trying to do that, the, 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 the streamer's in the same position. He's a, he's a streamer. He's a professional streamer. He doesn't do the marketing. He doesn't look at Google Analytics and, and check uh, bounce rates and, and, and develop his product or his branding. Right. He's, just got, he's got other to do, so he needs a squad or a team. Um, right. If we do it right, if we do it right, then money comes. Money comes. Sponsors come, and bigger sponsors, and they want to get involved with stuff that's legitimate, that that right. that's set up, that has some structure, and that's you know that's what we're that's what we're working on. And a lot of the products and stuff that we've uh, created that are new to the industry too um, are going to help with that. Yes. 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 Definitely. Well, something has you know. I I don't want to step too high up on the soapbox but something should be done to uh to improve the status quo now here's i'm gonna play devil's advocate with you for a minute here okay so i'm uh my name is uh, larry berman <laughs> and i'm gonna i'm gonna start a, a new uh nine ball open tournament uh i have only so much money to pay for logistics and staff and prize funds and everything else. How can I afford to spend money on marketing, guys? Come on now. I mean, uh, I don't have any money. Okay. I, I don't have a budget for it. What are you going to, what, what, what am I supposed to do? Well, here's the thing. You know, if you spend money to, you know, to house the players, you spend money to uh, import those diamond tables, you spend money to do everything else. But the, the part that's going to make you money, you don't, you don't spend any money on. I'll give you a typical uh, statistic. Um, if you wanted a sponsorship and you was a player, you're a player, you want a sponsorship. Average sponsorship to sponsor a pool player to play tournaments is probably like 40000 a year. They can make a living on that. 40000 a year. But that same player won't spend $3,000 to put a package together to say what he's going to bring to, you know, what he's going to bring to the company, what he can do. So for tournament directors, for me, it's like everybody's going to take an L, you know? You're all going to take an L in the beginning, but if you want to, it takes money to make money. Like they say back in the day, scared money, don't make money. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. As a matter of fact, there's a there's a joke amongst the farmers. Um, they say, how, "Do you know how much money it, it costs to to make a million dollars?" And the answer is three million dollars. <laughs> it takes it takes three million to make a million. But it, the the point is, though, in the farmer's example, that over time, that that's going to change. You know what I mean? Once you've put out the three, then you're going to get a million back every year after that so you know it pays for itself but i'm doing your sales pitch for you you're supposed to say that a little bit invested you know turns into a lot later on down the line really is what that's acorns grow big trees so what i'm gonna do today we're gonna give you a freebie here you go branding your business number one define your mission number two know your audience number three dissect and analyze your products and services number four Create a, a detailed marketing plan, not just something you came up with fly by night. And number five, and the best one, is be consistent, such as yourself. True, true, true. The consistency is a big issue because uh, when people have to second guess, th then you'll lose them. 
I mean, the, you know how it is. People are, are fickle. The way we look at these, and I know they're issues and they're problems, and the, the, the three of us, what we've really focused on is solutions. There, there's a, there's a, a problem or whatever, a, a, a bump in the road. We just go back, what can we do now? What can we do to solve this problem now? Just very positive, just following that, that structure just the whole way through. Sure, sure, absolutely. Now, um, let you know, you mentioned earlier, Rod, that you were in the business for 25 years. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. That's true. Give us some accolades uh, about your other team members there. Okay. Barbara Lee, man, the man, I, what can I say about the Q? She is, you know, the, the business side of OTW. She runs her own business. She's been in her own business for over 40 years. Over 40 years in the business. She helps us, you know, keep the boat on the road in the right place. Me, I just run my mouth. <laughs> but uh, my man, Bo Runnigan, he is the... Uh, the statistician, he's the analytic, he's a, he's a common everyday man, but he's the man with the plan. This guy from Google Analytics, keywords to click-through rates, things I don't understand, but he's teaching me daily. This is the guy that takes what's in your head, and, and when I finish talking to you about it, he's the one that makes a reality. Say, Ron, no, we can't do that. We're not going to be at the Stardust Ballroom with nine balls on the ceiling. You know what I mean? He's the yeah. guy that's going to talk you through it, and to, to let you know those, those budgetary concerns, how you're going to get there with what you got. That's what we do. If you come in a Volkswagen, you leave in the Volkswagen, but it'll be cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. I like that. I like that. It'll be cleaner and shinier. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Give me a second to stop laughing here. Hold on a minute. <laughs> but the bottom line, we really we want to help. We yeah. want to help these players right. reach their goals because it's it's lofty aspirations. It's a hard, thankless job, really. You know, but there is money out there. But you have to you, you got to come to work. That's what it is. You have to come to work, Dave. Yeah. You can't be on recess all the time. Right. You gotta come to work. You gotta give me something to work with. Right, right, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it's fun. You know, you shoot balls with a stick. Hardest thing ever to do, and you get paid for it. That's fine. But me as a sponsor, I need something from you. Yeah. I need something, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, I, this is a thing. I think that deep down inside every event promoter out there, from from the little bitty bar box tournaments all the way up to the u.s open i know that these promoters and these people uh tournament directors they all wish that it was easy enough to just pick up the phone and make this stuff happen but i can tell you number one they're going to be they're scared as hell of the details stuff that they don't know how to do and they're scared of right. the cost that's i i'm just telling you they're scared of the cost involved and the time and the trouble and whatever if they could just uh, what's the word? I don't want to use the word trust. Maybe the word believe. What? Believe might be a better word. If they believe that it can truly make an impact and a big difference at the end of the day, I don't think that uh, there's a person in the world that would turn down these kind of services. If they knew, like I said, if they believed that it was going to make a difference. So you guys got your work cut out for you, basically, is what that means. Yes, we do, but we're ready. It's like, you know, we're, we're going to usher in new things. Like, 
I'm going to give you this exclusive right now. We just have this new thing. It's called a VPA, right? So you're, you're a sponsor, right, Dave? You're a sponsor, American Biggest Radio. You're on the next stream, and a guy gets on there, and he butchers your product messaging. Or, or he doesn't even mention it, or he just puts it on the screen for a minute. Well, what if you could have your message consistent every time that, that message played on the stream? So what a VPA is, it's a voice promo ad. You pick a professional voiceover, whether it's a male or a female. You give us your product message, and then you get your graphics and that voiceover on the stream, consistent, all the time. There you so go. your messaging and your branding is there. Right. Professional. Easy. Yes. Yeah. And it's easy. easy. You don't have to do that. That's, That's going to make I'm your saying. money. Yeah. understand what you're selling. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. No, I mean that's I, I I truly think that uh there is a need for it. I think there's a need for it for sure. And if you can like I said, if you can if you can um unravel some of these mysteries for people and make it easy for them, you know, to get their questions answered, to get the solutions to their problems of the marketing you know, you'll have a happy home. <laughs> you'll have a happy home. But like I said, I, you, you got to, they got to believe, you know, you got to make some stuff happen yeah. for them. That's for sure. I, I tell you this, if somebody comes to me, the plan that we put into place after they pay us, they can run that plan by themselves. It's not brain surgery. It's not rocket science. It's just a sound business plan. They right. don't have a plan. Right. You know, they have a plan to plan, Dave. That's the plan they have. Yeah. Yes, exactly. 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 Well, that's awesome. I'm excited for you guys. I, I really am. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm excited for the industry as a whole. Um, I know that this is not really a popular time to be excited for it because you know the economy's down and da 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 da, and the professional pool is is in the pooper. I know. I understand that we were having some issues, but. This is just like any other uh, um, business or fad or cycle uh, in, in the economic world. When, when things go down, that opens up opportunities for people to get in that couldn't before. So what we are, we are on a, at a low point in the pool world right now, which means there's a lot of room for new businesses and entities and players and promoters and everything to come in here and build it up. Rather than coming into the industry and being faced with competition in every direction, you know. So but you're you know in the right place at the right time. Exactly. You know what it is? The world. The world now has ball in hand and they got a <laughs> rack to maneuver. Yes. If you take the time and have the correct skills, you will get out. Yeah. If you run into another ball, you might have to take your jump cue out. You might have to mass say. You might have to spin off three rails, but there's a way. Yeah, that's it right there. There is a way. There is a way to do these things. And I think that we've learned uh, as a group from the past what doesn't work and what does work. And what we know doesn't work is doing nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't mean to be. I don't mean to you know miss your. I don't. I don't mean to be Captain Obvious, but uh, if you don't promote, if you don't market, you don't get anywhere. That's just all there is to it. It'll be a slow moving train. They got to stand up for something. If you don't like something, you don't like how it's run. You don't like the payouts. You don't like this something. Do something about it. That's right. That's right. That's, That's right. 
And there's never been a better time. Never been a better time for anybody to get involved. You know, holy mazzoli. We're working on something. Uh, I'm giving the listeners a little uh, sneak, sneaky uh, insider story here. Um, we're talking about putting together uh, a professional event in Chicago. <gasps> Shh. Don't tell anybody. Oh, man. Don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> shh, shh. I know. See, now they're gonna they're gonna wonder about that. I'm planting the bug in the air, so you know you just keep you guys keep your eyes and your ears peeled. It might we'll have something there. to do. Yeah, it might have something to do with on the wire too. So uh, you never know. You never know what's uh, what's up, what's coming around the corner. All right. Well, is there anything else that you can plug? I'm giving you some free reign here. Is there anything else you want to tell us? All right, I'm going to pass that baton to Mr. Runnigan, because he's the man. Okay. Well, Dave, uh, basic contact info uh, for us, uh, we've got our website at otwpromotions.com. That's otwpromotions.com. You check us out on facebook.com at uh, facebook.com forward slash onthewirepromotions. Uh, get up with us on Twitter at otwpromos. And then, uh, you know, if you're interested in doing some business, you got some questions, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be just uh, like you got a project ready or you're ready to pull the trigger. We just want to touch base with anybody in the pool community that wants to improve what they're doing. And uh, sure. uh, go ahead and reach out to Raw through email at ra at otwpromotions.com. That's raw, ra at otwpromotions.com. And, uh, you know, just a, a consultation. Go yeah. over some stuff. Yeah. Um, we got three brains here, and, and we put them together on a daily basis and, uh, and come up with some great ideas. And we've done it for our business on our side, but we want to spread it through the pool community. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And we don't, he is, Dave, we execute those ideas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That helps. That helps, too. <laughs> it helps if you execute hey, Dave, them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So OTW stands for off the wall. Is that right? <laughs> That's on the way. <laughs> on the way. There it goes. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, over the waves. No, wait. Oh, uh, the on the water. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. Oh, there it is. All right. That's cool. Hey, it could be, um, uh, let's see out there West. No, that's it. That's not good. Only the winners. Only the winners. <laughs> Only the winners. Ooh. I like that. Uh, just to, you know, for the individual players as well, um, for anybody who's playing that's grinding, I've played pool for 20 years. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, played professionally probably like the last five years myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it's tough. and But it doesn't have to be as tough if you have somebody backing you up, if you have a sponsor behind you, right? Right. Um, somebody you up not just financially, but but just got your back at the tournaments, right? Yeah. Um, so we have some sponsorship packages. Like basically, you're trying to uh, build you as a brand. You want to get a sponsorship. If you can get thirty thousand a year, you work with us. We put you a package together because of branding, website, photo shoot, you know, voice promo ad, business cards. Right. Uh, take care of your social media or a press release. You know, just to get that stuff out there. I mean, I, I want to. I want to help the, 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 the individual players as well because I, I am one. You know, yeah. I, I well, I, I'm not playing full-time now, but you know what I'm saying. I want sure. to help them guys, so. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, they certainly could, you know, I, it's like we said before, you know, they're expected to, to, to spend their time being professional pool players, not worrying about, you know, their image and, and how well they're promoting themselves. I, that's not something they're supposed to be good at. And for them exactly. to, you know what I mean? And so, but, so for them to him handle their image and their, and their product and their communications, that's, that is overwhelming for one person to do all that. It's just that, unfortunately, up, up until now, number one, they haven't had much of a choice. And, and B, you know, they've been kind of handling it themselves to their own detriment. So it's, it's not. That, that's right. But we'll put it in a language they understand. Yeah. Would you bet 3000 to win 30000 Yeah, see? There you go. <laughs> okay. It's true. They do that all the time. <laughs> regular. Regularly they do that. Yes, they do. They do. And they fly all, all over the world to do that, as a matter of fact. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we're putting people to sleep now, so um, let's get go oh, ahead and yeah, get, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. Thank you uh, for yeah. this opportunity, Dave. We really appreciate it, man. OTW owes you one. Hey, no, not a problem, man. Not a problem. Anything I can do, just let Thank me know. Professional. Say that again. I said very professional. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate oh, it. You're you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Like I said, if there's anything I can do, just let me know. And I hope that uh, all the listeners out there get a better understanding of what you guys are about and and what you can do for them. So uh, you heard the man. Give him a call. All right. We will catch up with all you right. guys next week and uh, have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, no problem. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of American Billiard Radio. I'm Mike Howerton. Once again, I am joined by one of the busiest women in professional billiards, one of the women who really keeps the game going at a number of different levels, uh, Sam Dipp. Sam, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Mike. So you've got a big tournament coming up here, don't you? Yes, we do. It's not our event that we're producing, but we are preparing for the World Junior Nine Ball Championships produced by the WPA. And when is that and where is that? So the for anyone that may not know, the World Junior Championships bounces around each year from uh, country to country. And last year it was in Shanghai, China. This year it is also in Shanghai. And the dates for this year's event is November 14th through the 17th. And um, we're really excited. We have an amazing team of players headed out there. We have 16 U.S. players um, this year and then two Canadians also to make the, the full team of North American players, so we're really excited. How does the size of that field compare to previous years? So they actually um, have, good question, because I think in the past it's only been, um, well, they only had one boys division and one girls division in the past, and last year was the first year that they broke up the the boys division, which they call the juniors division, um, into two age brackets. So a 17 and 18 year old division, and then a 16 and under division, and um, we it, this year they actually expanded the field sizes of those divisions. So um, so yeah, they they had sent us an email at the beginning of the year and said, hey, if we make the division 
sizes larger, would you guys be able to send more kids, qualify more kids for our event? And um, and we, you know, planned it into our junior nationals. So we are actually, um, we qualified 16 players from our junior nationals event. So the top first through sixth place finishers in the 18 and under boys division and the top uh winner and runner-up from the 1800 girls divisions and we actually um, also went down to um, the first the third and fourth place finishing girls um, actually the, I'm sorry the fourth place was unable to make it so we went down to fifth and sixth and the 1800 girls and then the winner of the 1400 girls and then the top four in the 1400 boys division so so we've got a really strong group. I'm, and I would be shocked if we don't come home with some medals. I'm not putting pressure on any of them, but I just, I just think we have such a great group this year. So. To the best of your recollection, what is the best that an American player has finished out of there in that event? Yeah, um, I know that um, both Brianna Miller and um, Mary Rakin have medaled in the past. Um. You are totally putting me on the spot, but I'll see if I can <laughs> for the challenge. Uh, Mary Rakin had a gold medal in 2007, and um, Brianna, I'm not sure. I think it might have been a silver or bronze, but um, but yeah, we've we have medaled, but you know it hasn't been in the last couple years. So it'd be nice to to bring home some medals this year. And when when we're talking about this event, when I think junior nationals, I think Shane McMinn, John Mora, Sarah Rousey. I mean, those are definitely great players. When I think world junior championships, I mean, we're talking about the absolute cream of the crop. We're talking about Copin uh, Yi and... Brittany Bryant with the girls. I mean, these are these are players who have turned into world beaters, haven't they? Yeah, well, and some of them are now. I mean, a lot of these Asian players are not just, um, you know, winning world junior titles, but they are also cashing and winning world championships. So it's it, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it is the cream of the crop. So. I know a lot of these kids have coaches that they work with. A lot of them have been training and competing very hard. Chris Robinson, for one, he's from California. Um, he has been cashing pretty consistently on the um, the the West State um, tour that Oscar and um, and Desi have out there, and he's had a lot of success out there. And um, Nathan Childress on the other end of the spectrum on the East Coast, he's our 14 under champion. Um, you know, at only, um, I think he's 12. Um, I mean, you would not even know it. He has the composure of, of an adult and looks incredibly seasoned at the table. And um, these kids are, are really poised and, um, and focused. So I was extremely impressed this year at Junior Nationals. And we're going to be joined by both Chris and Nathan later in this uh, interview, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Certainly, attending a tournament like that has got to be expensive. And, I, I, you know, I've noticed on Facebook a number of the, the kids who have qualified, you know, they've put up GoFundMe pages and, and that sort of thing. Now, you guys are doing quite a bit on your end to try to help them too, aren't you? 
Absolutely, yeah. We do everything that we can. We actually are really excited to announce a lot of different fundraising um, opportunities that we have that we've extended to the kids as well this year. So um, Pet Shower donates a queue every year. So this year we have sent a lot of those tickets to the kids directly to sell tickets for that. I also have um, on our site, if someone purchases um, one of those raffle tickets, for the Pet Shower queue, they can select which player they want to designate their funds to. We are also um, selling the Ultimate Team Gear shirts. They're selling them on their website. We have a link on our website as well. Um, if no one, if you haven't seen the Ultimate Team Gear shirts yet, they are amazing. They're they're doing all the shirts for Moscone Cup and World Cup of Pool and all the the top events these days. And they are sponsoring our shirts for the World Junior Championships. Thank you so much, UTG, <laughs> and um, I'm sorry, jerseys. Um, and they they look amazing. And um, if you if you wanted to purchase one of those same jerseys for yourself, it's $80 for the jersey and 25% of that goes towards the, the travel fund and, um, and as well as the BEF. So I know they're really, they're really doing a lot to help promote the sport. Um, on top of that, also, we are actually drawing for a diamond table, a nine-foot diamond program table during Junior Nationals next year. If you win the table and you don't want it, you can either donate it back or sell it to your friend or whatever you want to do with it. Um, but the tickets for that are only $40 a piece to win a $5,000 table. And um, half of that comes to the DF just to cover the cost of the table and the materials and stuff. And then the other half goes directly to the players to help with their travel fund. So we will extend that through to Junior Nationals for the kids that need support um, to get to Junior Nationals as well. But for right now, we've got, we've got it set up for the 16 players for, um, that are trying to get to the world. And so you can get those tickets um, either directly from them or from their, um, through their resources. And then also from our website directly, you can select the player that you want to designate the funds to. So the tickets are $40 a piece or three for 100 and then we also have, um, sorry, <laughs> um, Allison Fisher has also has a GoFundMe page. She's been helping raise funds for the kids. And Jeanette Lee with her Black Widow Foundation has been a tremendous support for these kids um, with between training and um, offering, you know, training for the kids through um, just helping fund their trips. I know she she helped, she donated, her foundation actually donated um, over $4,000 last year to a lot of the kids that needed the support. So, so yeah, we've received some some amazing support from the the community and, um, and we just appreciate it all. So. And remind the listeners again, and, and, you know, I'll take some of the blame for this. At the beginning, I just kind of assumed that everybody knew Sam was the the leader of the Billiards Education Foundation. So remind the listeners the website address. Yeah, of course. It's billiardseducation.org. You were breaking up a little bit there. Billiardseducation.org? Billiards singular. So just Billiard. billiardseducation.org. Okay. Now, you mentioned next year's Junior Nationals. Um, you've got a location for that and a date, don't you? We do. We do. So next year's Junior Nationals will be held in um, alongside the BCA Trade Show again. And the dates are the 
July, I'm sorry, it's the 13th, I'm 13th through the 16th, um, which is that second week of July, of July. So it's the uh, Wednesday through Saturday. And um, we have a lot of really exciting things planned. Um, we've kind of been going back and forth with the BCA and uh, Billiard Congress of America and, and worked, ironed out a lot of details and, um, and it's going to be a really, really exciting year. So I'm looking forward to our, our biggest and best event ever next year. And one of the big things that you were putting together for this year, you were putting a lot of effort into the state championship program that you do. Um, how many different states did you have represented in that program this year? Yeah, so in uh, 2015, we had 30 states represented, and we hosted 36 state championships. Um some of the states ended up having more than one state championship because we had more than one um, host interested in hosting an event. And for 2016, um, we have an even bigger and better prize package for the hosts, and I'm super excited about it. We've got five premier sponsors for this year. Um, those are our main title sponsors for the state championship program. So if if a host is interested in hosting the state championship program, it's a $600 commitment, and they'll receive um, a, a myriad of items. But the main um, group, the main core items, they get either a cut of Simona's cloth or rope to a nine-foot table or a set of Aramis balls, um, the tournament set, which is valued at $370. They also get, um, they'll also get exclusive pricing, wholesale pricing on the Simona's cloth that they want to order additional cloth. They'll get a pet shower jump cue. Um, they get a set of, of Brad scuffers that they can sell for retail price at $14.95. So they get six of those. They also get two gross of Masters chalk. So those are our, our five um, title sponsors right there. Aramis, Simonis, pet shower, Brad scuffer, and Masters um, chalk. So so on top of that, they'll also get subscriptions to all the, the major magazines, and um, they get a plaque. They get first dibs on having the, um, the event next year. Um, it, it just There's a ton of the, – the package alone is valued at nearly $1,000, and, um, you know, and it's all for a great, great cause. And, um, yeah, super excited about it. Well, I mean, I know you spent a lot of time – a lot of time and effort – putting the program together this year and it's just great to see the program being so successful thank you yeah all right so back to the the junior world championships the we've got 15 players going now if i'm interested in helping some players get there and i'm not friends with them on facebook how can I go about finding their GoFundMe pages? Is there something I can search for on there? Are they are they all on GoFundMe, or are they using other systems for that? Uh, what can I do? Yeah, that's a good question. I think most of them do have GoFundMe pages, and um, I will be putting those up on our website as well. So along with the um, events, the the fundraiser events, listing the fundraiser events that they have scheduled. So a lot of them have actual fundraiser events that they're, they're scheduling to, to help raise funds for their events. So, um, so yeah, so all that, all that will be up on our website. 
very soon. All right, fantastic. Well, I tell you what, uh, let's let's talk to one of the players that is going over there. Uh, I think Chris Robinson is on the line. Chris, how you doing? Pretty well. How about yourself? Can't complain. Um, now, Chris is the young adult. We'll put it that way. Well, no, that doesn't even work. We were talking about how it feels strange saying he's the boys' 18 and under champion. We'll, we'll say he's the, the men's 18 and under champion. And you're from uh, what part of California? I'm from Ventura, California. Okay. And Sam was telling me that, that you've competed quite a bit on uh, Oscar Dominguez's tour. Yeah, I play on a lot of the Mez West Bay tour stops. Um, they're basically all around California, and there's a few in Nevada and Arizona. How are you doing on that tour? Um, I think there's about 200, maybe 300 members in the whole um, tournament. Okay. It goes, it goes by members. Um, once they have membership fees, then you're in for the whole tour, the season. Right. And right now there's 300, about 300 people. And I'm 13th on the list, I, I believe. That's pretty sporty. Yeah. Now, is this going to be the first time that you've gone overseas to compete in the Junior Worlds? Um, this will be the first time I've ever gone out of the country. Okay. And has Sam prepared you for what that's going to be like? <laughs> no, um, I haven't. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think the only way I'll be prepared is if I do it and then come back again. <laughs> well, there you go. Are you, uh, I mean, certainly we don't want to put the cart before the horse, but are you eligible to play next year after you get this this year under your belt? Yes, I believe I am, because of the way my birthday lands in December. So, I'm 17 right now. Okay. So I'll, still be, I'll still be 18 by the end of this next Junior Worlds. Okay. Uh, now, Sam and I were talking about some of the efforts that uh, some of the participants who are going from the U.S. have have put out there to try to raise money for uh, the trip. Do you have a GoFundMe or something like that? Yeah, actually, most of the people that are in my area, and we've had some very generous donations and people that are very supportive of, of me and my family. And it's been been very, very surprising, but in a great way. We've done the GoFundMe that, that raised almost a thousand dollars which is awesome and then we have we've had a few people donate uh about 500 each so it's it's been it's been great wow i know uh top pros that would like to have sponsorship like that yeah exactly i'm it's been it's been unreal so it something that we've talked about on the show in past episodes is that the youth of today has so much going on with with video games and social media and everything that would take their attention away from pool can you tell us what it is about pool that that has you still with it well i've never really liked i've never really been a big video game person never really have so when I started playing pool, it was kind of uh, different because not a lot of people do it. You know what I mean? Like as far as kids my age. And once I started playing, and I realized how much I liked it, and I got decent at it, 
in a short amount of time. And then I kind of just started loving it from there. What prompted you to play in the beginning? Well, I played at my uncle Kevin Farrell's house. Um, he has a pool table. And I played a few games, and then he told me there was a pool hall named Six Billiards right by my house, and I've never even heard of the place. <laughs> and it's only a block away, so I decided to go over there a few times, and then I just kind of got hooked. And how long ago was that? Um, almost four years. Okay, so you've been playing for four years. Uh, yes, I've been playing serious pool for probably two and a half, three years. Okay. So besides going over to China and and turning in the best performance you can, what kind of goals do you have in the game? I, well... There's, it depends on the very, various amount of situations. The ideal situation would be pool hits some kind of a boom, or there's a lot more money in it within the next 10 years, which it's going to take a lot, but I think it has the potential to do. And right now, I believe only the top 5, 10 players in the world are making a decent living, good living, playing the game. And that's that's not very reliant. I mean, you can't really rely on that. No. So what what I visited Lindenwood University a few weeks back and um I've been absolutely in love with that campus and the billiards program, Mark Wilson, all the players, the team members. Everything's just great about that. So I'm planning to go there as soon as possible to kind of have a backup plan for when when, uh, you know, just for the future. Okay. So let's say pool stays where it's at today. You know, God Let's let's certainly hope not. But you know, let's say that the game doesn't improve. Um, I mean, do you have plans to to still go out there and try to make a living at it, or is it something that you're just going to do on the side? And you know, how much? Uh, I guess what I'm asking is, how much of your future do you have wrapped up in the game of pool? Well, that's the thing. Um, I'm going to try to kind of feel it out, and if I'm not where I think I should be in five, ten years, then I'll use the scholarship I get from going to college and just get a job, but I'd rather chase something that I'm really passionate about just so I don't have any regrets later in life. Okay, that that's realistic. Um, Now, you won the 18 and under, and you're also the California State Championship, right? Uh, Yes. Of those two titles, or something else that you've accomplished, what so far is the accomplishment that you are the most proud of playing pool? Well, the California State one wasn't exactly the biggest tournament. (laughs) There was probably about four, four or five players. Um... So, you know, it wasn't, I didn't get 
big headed from that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get big headed from anything because I'm pretty humble, but I would have to say, without a doubt, the tournament that I won and felt ecstatic about and just overjoyed that I won was the Hard Times first of the month nine ball tournament. And when was that, and and why did you feel that way? Um, it was July, the first Sunday of July. I'm not sure what date that was. But I had been playing that tournament for about two or three years now and haven't really had any big finishes. So I've had fourth and third and uh, fifth, I think. But I haven't been able to just crack to the um, finals. So... Um, you know, it's just a big accomplishment for me in my, my pool career, I think. And for our listeners who aren't familiar with that area and that tournament, uh, any kind of marquee names that, that they would recognize from that event? Oh, um, Oscar Dominguez, Ernesto Dominguez, Rodney Morris was in that tournament. He took third place and I took first. Yeah, those are pretty marquee names. Yeah. Um, Dave Hema, that's just a few. Santos, Sambahon, Sambahon. Yeah, there's, there's a few in there. So, you've got some idea what the junior worlds are going to be like. Uh, do you have a, do you have a personal goal as to what? I mean, certainly you'd you'd love to win, but is there something else that you feel if you accomplish that? you will consider the event and the trip a success? You know, I'm just going out there just to have fun and obviously trying to win, but I'm not going to take it too over-serious to where I don't enjoy the trip and, you, you know what I mean? Sure. But my number one goal is to win that, yes. But if if I go... But my opponent plays really well and just runs out on me and I don't really, can't really do much about it, then I'll just shake his hand and, you know, there's not, not much to do. But my goal is just to try to limit my mistakes. And if I feel like I, I played well, then there's not much I can do about that, you know. Just, just uh, practice more and go, come back next year. Well, that sounds like a good approach to take. Yeah. All right, but I am training. I'm training my best to try to win this thing. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, Chris. I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your evening for us. Uh, I wish you all the luck in the world out there. Um, is your is your GoFundMe done? Um, my GoFundMe is basically done, but you can always um, message me on Facebook or or. Um, send money to my house for donations or to my pool room or actually we have this we have a fundraiser tournament at Big Billiards in Ventura, California um, on November 8th and you, and that is your, your home pool room? yes, that's my home pool room it's owned by Jerry Matchin and Peggy Matchin they're putting it on for me it's nine ball and it's handicapped so if you're in the area and you'd like to play some pool just come on down all right, so Facebook or Sticks Billiards in Ventura, California. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Yep, yep. 
All right, Chris. Uh, again, I wish you all the luck in the world out there, and and hopefully we'll uh, we'll set a date when uh, you can come back on the show and tell us about winning over there. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. Well, I want to thank Chris for his time. Now we're joined by the Sam. Correct me if I'm wrong. The 14 and under boys winner from this year's Junior Nationals, Nathan Childress. Is that right? That is correct, yes, sir. Hey, Nathan, how's it going? Good, you? Can't complain. Uh, now, Nathan is the 14 and under winner. He's joining us all the way from Midlothian, Virginia. How close is that to Norfolk? I'd probably say like an hour or two. Are you going to be able to make it down to watch all the players next week? Yeah, I'm going down there. Okay. Now, Nathan's the 14 and under winner from this year. Uh, and how old are you, Nathan? Okay. Um, I asked Chris this question earlier, and I think maybe it would be even more suited to you. At at the age of thirteen, you're certainly there's certainly a lot going on to to take your attention, be it video games, social media, whatever. So, what is it about pool that keeps you interested and motivated? Um, when, like, I win a tournament, it, you know, makes me more want to play more, and, um, just when I go play pool, you know, I don't play video games no more, because pool, and school, so, but, because when my dad would bring me to the pool hall, when I watched him play, it would make me excited. And how long have you been playing pool? Um, five years. Wow. I can't, uh, did you have to do that whole dragging a chair around behind you so you could reach up to the table when you were just getting started? Yeah, when I was eight, um, I wasn't—I was just like just enough the height of the table, so I could just barely reach it. And what got you started with pool? Um, my dad would bring me to like the moose lodges, and I would watch him play. And um, cause they have like a mini tournament, and my dad would just give me quarters so I can go play, and I'd hit balls around and. That's how I started. Are you better than your dad yet? I'd say so. (laughs) (laughs) He might not agree. He he don't agree. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right, so you won the 14 and under uh, the last time it was held. Is that the first Junior Nationals you've played in? Um, My second. Okay, how'd you do the first time? Third. That's not bad. Yeah, I'll still hail first. So do you have, uh, going into this trip to China, have you ever been overseas for anything? No. <laughs> no? you have any idea yeah. what's what's in store for you there? Well, I mean, people's been telling me that, you know, the air's really thick there, and so um, we're going to do some sightseeing down there, so I'm definitely excited. Well, that'll be fun. So, what? Uh, tell me about some of the things that you've done to help raise money to to fund the trip over there. Um, we had a charity tournament for me last week, and um, about fifty eight people came out to. We raised uh, two thousand two hundred dollars. Wow. Now, a number of the players have done uh, GoFundMe campaigns. Are you doing something like that? Yes, I am. Okay, and is that still open for for people who might want to help? Yes. Okay, what would they search for out on GoFundMe to find it? 
get Nathan to China. Okay, perfect. Okay, um, so do you have, you know, besides the charity tournament that you had, um, do you have sponsors who are helping you? You know, anybody else who's helped make this happen? Yes, um, Thomas, the owner of Diamond, that went with me to Vegas. And um, APA helped me too. Um, they also gave me stuff to raffle off at the charity tournament, so. But Thomas is going to be helped too. Okay. I want to mention that Thomas Dorsey, the owner of, of Diamonds, where Nathan plays out of, was one of the first rooms to sign up to host a state championship and has been a tremendous... I watched that man sit by every single one of Nathan's matches and sweated every single ball he made in <laughs> Vegas. So that's, that's a true coach and, and supporter and mentor there. You're lucky to, to have him, Nathan. Thank you. I assume that you won the uh, 14 and under state championship? Yes. So, I mean, certainly the Junior Nationals win was bigger than the state championship. Is the Junior Nationals win the biggest win so far in your in your pool playing career? Yes, it has. Um, this, week, well, this weekend, there's a 14-1 state pool that comes to Diamond. And um, I'm going to play in that with, the, you know, Darren Appleton and him. Oh, okay. Well, Darren will definitely be able to give you some insight into what uh, China is going to be like. Um, do you have any goals? I mean, do you, I mean, certainly you'd like to win in China, but is there something else that, you know, when you look at in the long term and you say, you know what, if I, if I win a match, if I, you know, win three matches, if I play well, I mean, do you have a, a goal other than just trying to win the tournament? Well, yeah, this is my first year going, you know, I at least want to do my best I can do, and hopefully I can do that, but, you know, it'd be awesome just to win it, but, you know, just to win a match up there would be amazing, too. All right, so last question where do you see pool in your future? I mean, you've got an awful lot of life in front of you. Where do you see pool pool fitting into that? Well, um, I definitely want to be a pro pool player, but I'm going to go to college too to make sure I have something to fall back on, and that's what I'm planning to do. Well, that definitely sounds like a good plan. All right, Nathan, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time for us today. Uh, I wish you luck up there. Uh, looking forward to hearing how the trip went, and maybe we can get a chance to talk again when uh, everybody gets back to the States. All right, thank you. Thanks. All right, uh, Sam, real quick before we get off the phone, um, for the fans who want to follow the tournament, do you know where they can go about doing that? You know, I don't have that information yet, but we do have some BF volunteers back home that will be updating our Facebook page for us um, as well as the website so just um, yeah just stay tuned on the website billiardeducation.org and look for updates there all right sounds good I appreciate everybody's time today that's it everybody Uh, we will be back in a week or so as soon as something happens newsworthy thanks for listening bye Welcome back.
back to American Billiard Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report. I am your host, Mark Cantrell. This is brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. And uh, this week, there's a couple of things that are going on. Obviously, we're leading the Gotham City uh, tournament that's going on, and right after that is the U.S. Open. But nothing's actually started yet, so we don't have anything to uh, report there. Um, I'm doing, I'm doing a follow-up this week on the interview we had with Abraham Diaz two weeks ago with the Artistic Pool uh, division of our sport. Um, there's some infighting. Uh, there was a, a demand letter sent saying we need this change over with boycotting. And that has led us all the way around to now, whereas um, there's been some more events. So I've got uh, world champion uh, artistic pool player Andy Siegel on the line with us. How you doing, Andy? Hello, Mark. I uh, just wanted to get uh, another point of view. Uh, you're an outspoken member of the, I don't know what we call, if we call it, the Players Union or Players Organization that's uh, working to try and make things, uh, change things within the WPAs. APD, that's the Artistic Pool Division. Correct. And since since I spoke with Abraham Diaz uh, not last week, the week before, um, five of the uh, players, organization players, including yourself, have been banned for three years. Correct. And you were notified by an email? Yes, um, I was notified by the chairman of the World Pool and Billiard Association Artistic Pool Division um, approximately a week ago that I had been suspended for three years. And who else has been suspended? Um, well, uh, the other players are Nick Nicolaitis from Canada, Abram Diaz from California, uh, Dave Nangle from Maryland, and Gabby Vizioyu from Romania. And just to point out, the three of us, myself, Nick Nicolaitis and Gabby Vajoyu comprise all the world champions back through 2009. Okay, so you guys are the, the top players in the industry right now. Correct, um, correct. The five of us are five of the top ten players in the world, including myself, number one, Nick Nicolaitis, number two, and Gabby Abram and uh, Dave are somewhere in the top ten. I'm not quite sure of their numbers. Now, so based on the last conversation that I had with Abram and the letter that was sent out by you guys collectively, uh, what, how many is that, 18 of you? Um, originally there were 12 players involved uh, in this, and it quickly grew to, I think we're about 20, give or take. I'm not quite sure. Okay. And the statement was made that if you give one of us a penalty or a uh, punishment, we're all going to take it. So, Correct. Just so we know, is everybody, to your knowledge, going to take it? Or is some, you know, because that's a three-year ban. I don't know how, how much that's actually worth to each individual player. It's maybe worth more to some than others. Uh, Mark, regarding the uh, actual penalty, basically what uh, we were trying to get across is uh, if if we 
get suspended, the five of us, because uh, you know if we had if we had the WPA APD um, take out their um, anger or penalties or whatever on just the people sending the emails, the messengers, uh, we needed to stick together as a group. So as far as I know, everyone who has sent an email to them has either said, please suspend me as well until these guys are unsuspended or consider me suspended or not including the word suspended but saying that they won't play in any future events until uh, these suspensions are lifted. Not everyone has sent an email. Not everyone has contacted them but there's been a number of players who have done that already. So to, to me, and I've, I've looked through the uh, documentation, I've spoke to, uh, you know, uh, contacts at the APD. Okay. And, and I've looked at the documentation that's been sent to you, and I've seen the documentation that you sent to them. And I, I agree with both of you on certain aspects. Um, are you guys, do you think, being a little proud? Do you not think that you guys can work this out at all? If there, were, if there was a middleman, if there was somebody to say, hey, listen, guys, this is what you want, this is what we want, can we all come together and make everything work nicely and smoothly? Mark, um, I have to be honest, uh, it's refreshing to have a uh, someone who has no stake in the matter listen to it and tell us where they feel we're right and they feel where we're wrong because that's important um, to keep the dialogue going. I feel that our initial intent was to uh, make these changes, okay? Now that the WPA APD has so far overreached their authority and they're abusing their power, in our opinion, by not only suspending us, but agreeing to a few of the points that we had originally sent after they ignored and blew us off, where, which we have emails to prove, um, that just made us have to change our position slightly. So now instead of just wanting these changes, because they have abused their power, we feel that certain individuals at the top really need to step down, and we will not be able to work with them unless one which really needs two individuals step down, namely the chairman of the WPA, APD, Mark Dimmick. And we feel that everyone's a good guy, but we feel that he has abused his power, so he needs to go. Once he goes, we can then start to the healing and work with everyone else who, like I said, they're good guys. They're volunteering their time. That's what needs to happen now. Can you give me an example, Joel, as an example of what, how Mark Dimmick has abused his power? We, Just so we know what you were talking about here. Okay. Uh, we feel that Mark Dimmick, as chairman of the APD, has abused his power because he has taken uh, personal conflicts and used them to impose penalties. These penalties are undocumented. They've never been done before. And the fact that they didn't respond to us, when we, we sent them a reminder, the response was, thanks for your feedback. That was it. We didn't get any acknowledgement as, you know, all we needed to do was get, we're working on your issues. And then they sent us the list of changes. And by the way, you're suspended. Um, I also have an email that he sent me that was personal, personal attacks, calling me a sad excuse for a champion, coming from the chairman, and that's a quote, coming from the chairman of the APD. Uh, we 
or, or above that. Where you know we're no personal attacks, nothing. Everything we're sticking to the facts, and we're not going to bring it down into the gutter. And we feel that as chairman, someone that's representing all the professional trick shot guys shouldn't be there if he is behaving in that manner. That's why I feel that he is abusing his power because of the position he's in. He's using his power to settle scores instead of promote trick shots. Okay. Um, now, the, I, I, we kind of had a little discussion about this. Um, the Part of the reason for the ban of, of the U5 guys was not necessarily the initial letter, although they didn't like the tone of it. Uh, there was also another letter that was sent to the to Jamaica Joes for the tournaments coming up, I guess, in November, December, yes. And it, and you know, in all, all honesty, and I've, I've said this to you myself, the the letter sounded terrible. It sounded crass. It sounded brash. It sounded rude and demanding. And mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't expect from that letter. I would never expect a good response back from. It. You're and, referring to the letter to the APD or the letter to Jamaica Joes. To the APD. Okay, okay, yes. I haven't, I haven't seen the letter to Jamaica Joe, so I haven't seen okay. that one. Okay. Um, and I think we agree that it was a little brash. Um, and so that was the thing that kicked it off, that got them kind of wound up. And then the letter, the, but they said they forgive that. They said, okay, you know, we'll, look, we'll overlook that. But then the letter to Jamaica Joe's, I don't know what was said in that letter. Um, can you enlighten me a little bit on what was said there? Because that was the, I guess, the straw that broke the camel's back that led to the suspension. Sure. Um, well, let me do, before I do that, let me just um, clarify one point. The letter that we sent to the to the APD, uh, yes, it was brash, and I and, and I think that I've come to that realization after speaking with you because. Again, you're a bystander in this, and okay, I definitely see that. Um, our intent was to not show up at an event. We wanted to show them that it was important to us. Anyway, the letter we had we had received a communication that was internal to the uh, APD, and I can't reveal the source. However, the the email showed that they were mad at the tone of the letter, and because of that the chairman was recommending removal of full ranking points, removal from the ranking list, and a suspension for a year just for sending the email. The actual suspension letter that we got said that they're not going to consider that. However, it's because of the email to Jamaica Joe's. Now, I just want to point out, the email that, that we sent to Jamaica Joe's, this is what it said, and I'm going to paraphrase. It started off with, we just want to inform you that we're not going to be able to come all the top players in the world will not be there. All the prior world champions for the last eight years will not be there. The reason being, at very, very high level, we just said we're having issues with the people running the tournament, and it impacts the quality of the players and the event, period. Okay? Then we said we want to just convey that this is no way a reflection on you or your place. It's not negative towards you. We just want to let you know that we'll not be there. And our, the reason why we said that is because we didn't want them to print up posters or material advertising or advertise on the radio or wherever that said we were going to be there, okay? Then we had closed with, we're going to just 
you know, we're going to pursue our own types of events, which we feel are better quality, and that's it. And that was the end of the email. Okay. I, I've got to back up because it seems like I'm attacking. No, I'm not necessarily attacking you. I'm just trying to get to the point of things sometimes. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I, I don't want you to come across from my end being as a, attacking either because there's things that we don't know. Anybody who's read on, uh, I think it was uh, POV Pool had it on their website. I think it was on uh, the AZ Billions forums uh, that had the, le- the original letter that I call the demand letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, I said it sounded brash and I wouldn't expect a good response, but what we don't know is how many conversations or other emails that happened prior to that, to the APD, that said, hey, listen, here's a suggestion. You want suggestions? Here's one that we've got. In a nice tone and or a nice phone conversation. This is a good idea to change this, change that, however you word it. Uh, we don't know that there weren't a whole bunch of those, and then you guys finally got to the point and said, you know what, they ask for suggestions, we give them suggestions, and we don't get any answers and we don't get any results. So now here's what we're resulting to. Nobody's seen any of that. If that happened, all we mm-hmm. see is we want this, this, and this, or we're boycotting. And it just yeah. comes across terrible, but that's all you see. That's all right. anybody's seen so far. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to give you opportunity to, to let us know, was there more to this, or is it just that? Okay, um, that's a great question. All right, now I'm going to work. I'm going to work backwards. Okay, before the before the World Championships in Atlanta, Nick Nicolaitis, world ranked number two, and myself looked at the money list that they said that they were going to pay out. It was a couple of thousand dollars missing. Okay, we had approached and sent them an email and said, "Where is this money accounted for?" They said, "You don't need to know." We asked again. They ignored. So then Nick Nicolaitis goes to the event and speaks with Curtis Robertson, who is one of the uh, APD board members. And Curtis Robertson ends up, they end up in a screaming match. I don't want to, I wasn't there, so I don't know who started the screaming match. They ended up in a screaming match. And they were separated. I mean, not, no, no physical, but anything. But anyway, that's because they, they don't want to disclose where they're sending it. Well, we later found out where the money was going to tournament director fees, which is fine, pay the tournament director. However, uh, we can't afford to pay 15% of the purse to the tournament director. We just can't support it. That's one of the issues. Going backwards a little further, we have always communicated by email, we think you should do this, we think you should do that. We've never gotten any response. Occasionally, they would make the change, we would suggest, maybe to the shot program or something, but all in all, to the actual tournament quality, there has never been any change. Okay, as far as I can remember. And I have been involved in this for probably about probably about ten years. And every time I try to I was in charge a few times, not on the ATD, but I was in charge of like a an organization that was below them. And every time I and the other players on that organization tried to move in a direction that they didn't like, we were immediately dis- dismissed from position and they decided to take over. Now, that happened twice. Uh, and there were numerous emails that went back and forth. I mean, I'm sure I could dig them up somewhere, but um, I have a bunch. And, you know, there, there are some issues where they would 
send a code of conduct out to the players and ask us to sign it. And part of the um, things in the code of conduct were you can't talk to the media, you can't post on Facebook, anything negative about the World Pool and Billiard Association, nothing in public that's negative about us. You can't say anything bad at the tournament. You can't complain about the venue. And basically that what that's saying is if I thought it was hot in there and then when I got home, I posted on Facebook, man, it was really hot in there, but I had a great tournament, I, that's a violation of their code of conduct. I mean, you're talking about old Soviet Union kind of stuff. I mean, it was ridiculous, the stuff that they were. And that, that's just in a nutshell. So, I mean, I can, I can go on forever, but that's basically in a nutshell what's going on. Okay. Now, so moving forward from this point, I, what's your ideal situation or scenario over the next 12 months do you, that you would like to see happen with the Artistic Pool Division? My ideal scenario, uh, and I've spoken with the other players in, that are involved in this, uh, my ideal scenario was originally to just get the changes we had asked for, and of course we were willing to compromise on a few. Of course we didn't let them know that because you don't want to let somebody know in a negotiation that you're willing to compromise, but then you don't get anything. Um, but that was our original and ideal scenario. Now that they have overreached and abused their power, as I explained previously, we feel that the only way to move forward in getting these changes is to have the chairman step down, have the board now either step down temporarily and have an interim board appointed, or the guys there have an interim board and uh, have a board temporarily and hold an election, hold an open election, a free and fair election, which has never been done before. In the past, the WPA APD has always voted themselves in. So players like I was nominated to be on the board, the APD decides who they vote to see who gets to be in position or not. And, you know, that's, that's, like, having a pres that's like having the president, the Congress vote for themselves and no one else. Um, so the only way that we can move forward now to get these changes is to have the chairman step down, everybody else step down, or hold an immediate election without any further decision-making process. Once the elections are held, then the new board will decide what to do uh, regarding future events. Okay. That's so right now. <clears throat> there is, is there, so that's the only way, and you think that you guys can talk to each other and have those two people removed and then move forward? Or do you think that's a realistic thing, that that could really happen? Or do you think it's going to be a matter of pride at this point? Because, like I said, you both got valid points. Uh, is it going to be a matter of pride? And you go, we're not backing down. We want this and that's that. And you said this about me and I said that about you. And this, that's it. We're done. Or... or we don't have any – We everything is on the table. We we are not going to be stubborn about anything. We are going to be open-minded. We are going to listen if there is a scenario that we feel will work. Without that happening, we will consider it. Can't say that we will do it, but we will consider it. Uh, we're not opposed to any suggestions by anybody, including Mark Dimmick. If Mark Dimmick comes to us with a suggestion on how we can handle it, we will consider it if we like it. We'll do it. Nobody's ideas will be um, discarded. Okay. okay. Well, 
I think I think that's just about everything, isn't it? Does yeah, that cover I everything actually, up um, to this? Yeah, yeah I got I got to wrap I got to wrap it. Unfortunately, but yeah, that's uh, that's it. Okay, don't you, my friends? I really appreciate it um, giving us your insight, and hopefully everything works out. I want everything to work out for you and for everybody. You know, so do I. <laughs> and and so whatever you guys got to do, we'll follow up with this as uh, as things progress and see how you're all doing. Great. I appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for your time. All right, Andy. I'll speak to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this week. This is the Legends and Champions Report. I'm Mark Cantrell, brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. Hopefully this uh, shed a little more light. I don't know if it did or not. It's all a complicated political uh, scenario. I'm not really quite sure. As I said, if you... Look at what everybody wants. Uh, there's a little give and take, I think. And uh, I, I really hope that they can figure it out. But you know what they've got? They've found out how to get some kind of organization together uh, where somebody, whether it's right or wrong, somebody has a position where they're able to ban five players. And in mainstream pool, we don't have that. So... I don't know. Maybe there's a lesson to be learned. It's maybe uh, not a good, uh, uh, not not a good example in this particular case since there's, um, since there's problems. But I don't know when the last time was that mainstream pool had an organization that was able to impose any kind of a ban on any player, and even if it would work. So uh, maybe there's a lesson to be learned somewhere in there as well. But until next week, thank you all for listening. I will speak to you next week.